Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Thrivebetic Podcast. My name is Kate and I am your host. And this week I am talking with Alicia and she talks all about her diagnosis at 28 years old as a wife and a mom of two kids and working full time. So she kind of talks about how she adjusted to that and what that later diagnosis was like because there aren't that many type 1 diabetics that are diagnosed um, in their late 20s like that. So it's really interesting. She gives some great advice on how she adjusted and how she found support through that. Other than that, um, I I don't know if you can tell or not, but I do have a bit of a sinus infection, which I've had for like the last week. This week, um, if you've been following me on my Instagram, which by the time you're listening to this, it'll be last week, but um, I have had like such a rough week just with a sinus infection that started on like Saturday and then um, I had a really bad toothache that started on Tuesday or Wednesday I think which was like absolutely horrible and I have been dealing with this since like the end of March because I had to get a crown put on my tooth and then there was problems with it and it's just been causing me pain on and off I had a tooth infection with it like about a month ago, right before I went to Nashville, which was super fun. I had to get prescribed antibiotics like by, from an online doctor because I couldn't go to my dentist since I was out of town and that was just like a whole thing. And then um, after that, I went to the dentist and they told me that everything looked fine and that I didn't need a root canal. And then I was like, okay, and of course, a month later, it happens again. So yeah, I had to go in for a root canal. I had my first appointment for it yesterday, and since it was like still infected and inflamed, my face was so swollen, I looked like a chipmunk. Um, And so they were only able to like drill up into the tooth, basically, and put like an antibiotic medication up there, and then that will take care of the infection so I wouldn't I shouldn't have any pain but I can't go back for the um actual root canal until the end of September so I wish I could have just got it done but whatever I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with this at least I won't have any more pain and in a month I'll just get the root canal over with and that will be the end of that so that was my week um I was saying all week that this week is canceled because, like I said, just not an amazing week, but things are looking up. I mean, I feel like it can only get better from here. Other than that, my blood sugars have actually surprisingly been very good despite having a sinus infection and being on antibiotics right now and taking like tons of ibuprofen. So I'm actually really grateful for that. So I'm really happy about that. And I have a fun weekend planned with friends, so like I said, things are looking up, but that's my update for the week, and let's get into it with Alicia. Hi, Alicia. How are you today? I'm good, Kate. How are you doing? I'm doing good also. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. Yeah, so um, I'm really excited to hear about your story because you were diagnosed later um, with type 1 diabetes. So if you want to just give like your diagnosis story and kind of like what that was like for you and just a little bit more about yourself. Sure. 
Um, so to start off, I'm a, I'm a mom of two young, beautiful kids. Uh, they drive me a bit crazy, but I love being a mom and I work full time. My husband works full time. So we're super busy people on the go all the time. Um, I'm 31 years old. I was diagnosed about two years ago, right before my 29th birthday. So best birthday present ever, uh, you know, diabetes diagnosis. I was having all of the symptoms that you would think about, right? Blurry vision, drinking a ton of water, constantly going to the bathroom, just your basic diabetes symptoms. And it's funny because I'd had them probably about a year prior and I got tested for diabetes and they told me, no, you don't have it. You're fine. And then, you know, come a year later and I'm in DKA and in the hospital. So it came as a little bit of a shock, but not a huge shock because I kind of already knew the symptoms and, and felt like that was it. Um, it was definitely, I wasn't really aware of what type one was before my diagnosis. I was familiar with type two. In fact, my dad has type two. I had um, gestational diabetes when I was pregnant with my son and kind of always assumed that I would get type two later on in life because that was what I had heard. When you have gestational diabetes, you're more predisposed to get it later on in life as type two. So the type one was a huge shock, um, especially at 28, right? I was just kind of getting to that point in my career where I was on the go, starting to grow within the company. Um, you know, my kids were about three and one. So, you know, I was definitely super busy at home, super busy at work. And then it was like hitting a brick wall. Um, yeah. It was very, very scary. So um, I think the crazy thing as well is that I work in food service. So when you work in food service, you're eating a lot and a di diabetes diagnosis comes with definitely some different feelings around food and everything like that. So it's been quite a journey since, since then. Yeah, I can imagine. That is super weird too, that you had some of the symptoms the, like the year before, and they had told you that it wasn't anything to worry about. So then did it just, it just like went away on its own? Those it did. It, yeah, it, they went away. Um, and then they came back like tenfold. Wow. So then what was that diagnosis like for you? Like mentally, were you, you were like, obviously in shock? And like, how did your friends and family feel about that, too? So a lot of my friends and family, uh, like myself, didn't really know a lot about a type one. It was it came as a huge shock. I don't know anybody else with type one in person. Um, so it was really, really difficult mentally. Uh, I would say two years later, it, it still is, you know, it's a struggle. Uh, I am definitely in a much better place than I was when I first was diagnosed. However, I think the hardest thing for me is that I was not able to find anybody else who could really relate to that adult diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, I went to like diabetes 101, that type of class that they send you to and there were people who were retaking the class who were diagnosed as children. Um, there were some people who were much older, like 60s, 70s that were in the class. But nobody, I, the thing I really struggled with was finding somebody who was diagnosed like after having kids, you know, being a super busy mom and having a career, somebody in that 
in my place, I couldn't find anybody. It was really, really difficult for me. And then, you know, what, six months after diagnosis, we go into this basic major lockdown. And so I don't even have the chance to find anybody in person uh, where I live who has diabetes. It was, it, it was really difficult. Yeah, <laughs> and I that's, that's why I started my Instagram, actually. So I stumbled upon Instagram, this diabetic online community, probably right around the time that we went into lockdown. And it was my saving grace. Um, I don't think that I would have gotten through the last year and a half without it, because I still to this day have not met another type one in person. And, you know, as much as my family and my friends try to understand, they just don't understand the day to day of literally having to think about what you put in your mouth, uh, and what you eat and what you drink and, you know, every different aspect of life that diabetes affects. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, like I love having the Instagram community too, just because like you said, it's not the same, like your friends and family, like they can know it like on a certain level, but they just don't know like the 24 seven struggle and just like all the thoughts that are going through your mind all the time. So having that I'm sure was super helpful, but it sounds like there was so much going on when you were diagnosed. And obviously you have, like you mentioned, like you have two kids and a career and stuff like that. So how did you like adjust to having all that on your plate and then also having to learn about type one diabetes and everything that goes into that? So I'd say my adjustment period was not, not very well. Um, (laughs) It was, at first it was difficult. Uh, About two weeks after I got out of the hospital, not even, I had to travel for work. That's, that's another layer of my life. I travel for work quite a bit and I was having to travel to a food show and working, you know, 14 hour days. So my sugars right after diagnosis were not the greatest. Um, I really didn't feel like I had control. And then the other issue that I really struggled with um, is that I felt like the medical community was not super supportive. I didn't have a great endocrinologist. I didn't, diabetes 101, this class wasn't basically, here's how to count carbs, but they don't talk about how exercise and sleep and hormones and all of those other things can affect your blood sugar. So the adjustment period for me was really difficult. Um, and I keep going back to Instagram, but I really feel like that's where I've learned the most about diabetes, uh, for anybody who's newly diagnosed. Yes, definitely, you know, consult with your doctors and take the diabetes 101 class, but you've got to find that community of people who have been living with it and who live with it every single day, because we're the only ones who can really say what affects our bodies and, Mm -hmm. you know, learning those tips and tricks is just, that's been a lifesaver for me. Um, But I will say the other thing that really saved me and helped me adjust was my support system. My husband is amazing. He will, sometimes I say, Hey, do you want to be diabetic today? And he knows that that means, Hey, can you fill my pump with insulin so that I can put on a new site or, can you help me change my CGM or go grab my supplies? Um, he's just so helpful. He takes the kids when I'm feeling, when, when my blood sugar isn't the best, when I get low, I get really irritable and don't touch me, don't come near me. And the kids always want to be you know, right there with me. So having him as that partner in diabetes has been huge. 
Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I was wondering about that too, because um, like, obviously what at the age of diagnosis, whatever age you are, I'm sure that affects people differently. And like, for someone who gets diagnosed like me at like 10 years old, like the responsibility was basically put like on my parents to like figure it out for me. And then I kind of just had to like follow along and also like try, but most of it was put on them. So I feel like if you're diagnosed later in life, like in adulthood, like that can be a lot scarier because it's just you and like, you just kind of have to like figure it out on your own. But I'm glad that you have that support system, like with your family, with your husband, where they can at least like help you out and make you feel less alone in that. Yeah, it's important. That support system, I would say, is is the other biggest thing besides the the Instagram community for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is like, I feel like I've learned way more from people on Instagram than I ever have from my endocrinologist. Like they've, I mean, I've had good endocrinologists and they've like helped me before, but like you said, like someone who lives with it, like they, I mean, they know more about it. It's like a doctor. I mean, they've obviously gone to like through a lot of school to get there, but also like if you've lived it for like decades, then you know how it affects you and like what's going on with your body and stuff like that so that is definitely helpful um have you found anyone on the Instagram community that's been diagnosed in adulthood um I'm trying to remember I don't think that I have uh and that was a big reason that I really wanted to start my Instagram I had originally I wanted to start writing a blog. Um, however, with all of the other things on my plate, I found that I just didn't have the time for it. But having Instagram and being able to just say, hey, I'm diagnosed. I'm a mom of two kids. Like, are there any other moms out there, even if they weren't diagnosed as adults? Like, if there's one part of my life or one aspect of my life with type one that somebody else can relate to, I think posting and putting out putting it out there and connecting with others is is just it's worth it to me so um that was a big reason for me to start you know I don't have a huge following I wouldn't consider myself an influencer but um it's really nice to be able to get my thoughts and feelings about type one and life in general out there and have other people who can relate and connect on some level yeah I completely agree even just it's like almost therapy just to like like say it out loud or like post about it and just have other people who go through the same thing and that you know that you're just not alone with it. But with the um, later diagnosis, like when, when you were diagnosed, did they give any like reasoning why you might have been diagnosed so much later in life than a lot of other type 1 diabetics? Um, So it's funny, actually, when I was diagnosed, they said, we don't know if you have type 1 or type 2 because of your age. That, that's what they told me on the phone. And they're like, you need to go see an, an endocrinologist. So I made my appointment like four days after my diagnosis and went to the endo. My blood sugar was uh, somewhere around 500, I want to say. And um, they're just like, you need to go to the hospital right now. And even in the hospital, they said, we don't know what caused you to have type one. We have no idea. We don't know. I, nobody in my family has it. So I, I don't believe that it's genetic. Um, you know, when I look back at my diagnosis, I know I had a really bad virus about two to three weeks before I was diagnosed. So a big part of me thinks that that's what really triggered my diagnosis. However, you know, were there other things in my body with 
or my genetics just predisposed to get it at some point in life. So I don't know. Yeah, I I have heard that actually a lot from different people that they had a really bad virus or like something super stressful that happened to them right before they were diagnosed. But usually it is like in childhood or teen years or like at least early 20s. So yeah, I don't, that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And I was actually reading the other day that they think that the the people who have had the coronavirus are now being diagnosed with type one. So it's interesting to me, you know, as we do more research, I'm really excited to see if they can find out what causes it, because I would love to be able to look at that, you know, in the long term for my children as well. Are they going to be diagnosed? If so, is there anything I can do to prevent it or at least make it later in their life? Yeah, yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard that from a couple different people about um, that there's a risk for being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes after getting COVID. So yeah, and I mean, just like I've heard from more and more people too, that they were diagnosed like in their 20s, um, not like late 20s or anything like that. But even still, I feel like type 1 diabetes, like they always when I was growing up, like I was always told that it was like something that happened before you were 18, if you were going to get type one. And I think that it is like becoming more common, unfortunately, that people are diagnosed like later in life. And even like, I don't know if you've heard of like juvenile diabetes research foundation. Um, But like the name is interesting, because it's juvenile diabetes. And we're just seeing that that's like not completely the case for everyone. Absolutely. And it's interesting to me to find out after diagnosis, how many different types of diabetes there are. Mm -hmm. I was not aware of all of the different types. I knew about type two, and I knew more about that than I did about type one, just because type two and gestational are very, very similar in their symptoms and treatments. Yeah, those were really the only ones that I knew about too until I joined like the Instagram diabetic community and learned about more of them. Um, one of them that I learned about too is LADA, like L-A-D-A, and it stands for um, Latin Autoimmune Diabetes in Adults. So that's one that's like similar to type 1, um, but it is like a diagnosis that's later in life. But um yeah, it's like a whole separate thing. So that's interesting that they didn't, did they ever talk about that with you when you were diagnosed? Um, They didn't actually, you know, again, it's so interesting to me how the medical community is just very, they're not very educated on type one, even I feel like Um, I've been to doctors before and they go, oh, you have type one, aren't you supposed to be diagnosed as a kid? didn't you, did you just live your whole life and not know you had type one? I'm like, and you, you're in the medical field. Okay. Yeah. All right then. So, uh, no, they, they never talked to me about it. Um, my endocrinologist has always just said I've had type one. Um, so that's, that's where we're at. Wow. Yeah. That is super weird. And I feel like I've had similar experiences with like endocrinologists. Like you think that they're the doctor. So like they would know, more like be able to tell you more about your disease than like you would know but I guess that's not always the case yes that is absolutely true I actually recently fired my endocrinologist (laughs) I say fired but I just stopped seeing them um 
because they had made so many comments that were just so frustrating to me uh, about my diabetes. Like you're, you don't weigh enough to be using this much insulin or you're using an extended bolus too often. And I'm sitting over here going, if it's working for me, why does it matter? Um, But I also noticed that, you know, going back a little bit to that mental health aspect you talked about, that's been a, a really big struggle for me mental health wise is just the lack of really understanding or education there is about type one. When you go and talk to people, a lot of times they don't know what it is. They go, well, you're not fat enough to have diabetes or, oh my gosh, I thought you were too old to get diagnosed with that. Or just the little comments, you know, can you eat that? Are you sure you can have that cake? <laughs> I can't, I have a really, really hard time dealing with those comments. Um, I get very angry and I, I know it doesn't make any sense, but for me to get angry, because why would they know they don't have it? However, I feel if more people were educated about it, you know, maybe we would have an easier time and have even better technology than what we have today. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that like the stigma around diabetes and like what people know about it is really frustrating for us. Like you said, when they ask like, oh, can you eat that? Or even just like, when I see when people make comments about like cake or pizza and they're like, oh, I'm going to get diabetes from that. Like just stuff like that is frustrating for us. And like, that's on top of the like a million other mental health struggles that like diabetics deal with already. And so just like being misunderstood by people on top of all that is like super frustrating. And you're right when you say that, like, it needs to be talked about more with like, like endocrinologists should be talking about mental health just as much as they're talking about your physical health with diabetes, because it's such a demanding disease. Like if you are dealing with this 24 seven all the time, like the amount of thoughts that are running through your head and then they're just like on repeat with diabetes is crazy. And like, I just like, I didn't even know anything about mental health really, especially relating to my diabetes until I was older and I was like in college and I had already lived with diabetes for like over a decade. And so obviously that's like affecting your mental health and how you feel about yourself and your confidence. Absolutely. I can tell you with 100% honesty that my mental health has just, it's been so majorly impacted by this diagnosis. There was a time shortly after I was diagnosed where I was out to dinner with some coworkers and knowing nothing about diabetes, I asked the restaurant, the, the waitress, I said, do you have a carb? Like, do you have carbs for this meal? Can you tell me the nutritional data for this meal? And she looked at me like I had three eyes. Uh, meanwhile, my coworkers are looking at me like, why do you want to know the carb count? Like, what's wrong with you? So I ended up back in my hotel room on the floor of my hotel room. I cried for probably a good three hours. No joke. Just you know, sobbing, heaving, (laughs) ugly tears. And that for me was like a really major breaking point. And I think that was shortly before I found the um, Instagram community. And I was able to start to learn more because, you know, my blood sugar would end up at after eating out at at a restaurant would end up at, you know, three, 400, just because I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm guessing the carb counts but when you just don't know how different food can impact your blood sugars, Mm -hmm. you can carb count all day long and you're still not going to have good, good blood sugars. If you just don't know all of those other factors. Um, 
earlier you mentioned you talked about like your relationship to food and I feel like this has been um I've heard this more in people who were diagnosed like in either like their late teens or early 20s they have like said that their relationship to food was like affected a lot more do you feel like that is true for you too I do um I I am very flexible when it comes to food. I consider myself a flexitarian, as you will. Uh, I I will eat you know, plant based. I will eat fish. I'll eat meat. I will eat almost anything. Um, you know, again, I work in food service, so for me, food is important in my life. It's it's an experience. I love what I do. I work in events specifically, so we do a lot of tastings, product lunches, food shows. Um, customer events, all of those different types of things. And it's very food centric. So for me, coming from a world where I was at a tasting, you know, eating all day long, and then having to go and say, okay, how many carbs are in this? Is it going to impact my blood sugar? How am I going to feel later? It made it very difficult for me to you know, even participate in those types of events without just feeling completely overwhelmed, anxious, and emotional. So it's, been a journey. I would say I was also very fortunate to be diagnosed shortly before COVID because I spent 18 months at home really learning about my body and how my type one uh, interacts with all of the different types of food out there. I recently went to my first in-person event uh, last month and I noticed just all of the tools that I've gained over the last 18 months were able to help me be more successful during that event in terms of managing my blood sugars. You know, was my blood sugar 100 the entire time? No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't shooting up to three, 400. I wasn't having crazy rebound lows or highs. Um, I was able to keep things pretty stable. Yeah. And I really felt confident in my management. Uh, I learned a few things and I'll take that away for the next show and just continue to get better and better. Yeah. I mean, it's a trial and error every single day. And even when you do the same thing twice, it's still not always the same thing, but like you said, just learning it and like, at least being able to like recognize patterns and all that is super helpful in managing diabetes. Um, Did you, you have a CGM and a pump, right? I do. I have a C, I have the Dexcom and I wear the Omnipod. Okay. And I'm sure that's helped a lot too. Do you like those? I do. So that's, that's been one interesting thing to me is that I noticed the technology when it works, it works great. When it doesn't work, it's not helpful at all. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the, the, the Dexcom I'm wearing right now, I put it on yesterday and it's been showing me like in the forties when I am like a hundred. So it's, the accuracy has just been completely horrible. Um, but I do love the technology. I was really anti-pump when I was first diagnosed because I just imagined the tubes that, you know, I'd seen uh, pictures or I was kind of familiar with it. I was like, I don't want tubes hanging off of me. That's just too much to deal with. I've got young kids. They're going to pull it out and I don't want to do that. But then after I went to my first event and I had to give shots during the event, it became blaringly obvious to me that I needed a different way to manage my, my disease when I'm walking around a show floor for 15, 16 hours, um, with not a lot of breaks. (laughs) So having the pump, you know, it's been a game changer for me, especially as I've learned more about 
micro bolusing and uh, extended bolus and just all these different techniques that you can use with a pump that aren't necessarily available when you're on shots. Yeah, I completely agree. I had the same exact experience of like being so anti-pump. I was anti-pump for like 10 years before I did it, but you're so right about that. Like once you get it, it, it is very helpful and there's a lot more options on the pump, like you said, with extended bolus and just doing like a lot smaller doses than you can with injections. So it does make your life a lot easier in that sense. But as far as like, if there's someone listening right now who was diagnosed later and they're like really struggling with it and just not knowing like where to turn and what to do, like, what would you say to them? And like, what advice would you have for them to be able to get through it and keep going? I would say it feels like the end of the world. I mean, your life is turned completely upside down, but it's definitely not. It's just another hurdle that life has thrown at you. And, you know, find your community. We're so fortunate in this day and age to have a community of people online that we can turn to who get it. They understand and we can talk to them. There's, there's apps, there's Instagram, there's blogs, there's podcasts. There's so much more out there than somebody who would have been diagnosed 20 or 30 years ago. They wouldn't have what we have today. Um, And just talk to those people, make that connection, take I hate to say this, but, you know, sometimes when endocrinologists make little comments that really just bother you or other doctors, take it with a grain of salt, because at the end of the day, you are just doing the best that you can. And that's really all that you can do. If your blood sugar is 300 one day, you know, don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up over it. You've only been doing this for a short amount of time and you'll get there. You'll learn, you'll get better. And you just got to live your life. You can't let it stop you. Yeah. That's great advice. I completely agree. And you're right. You just have to give yourself a lot of grace in the process of figuring out diabetes because it's a lifelong thing. And just being nice to yourself about it is super important in order to get through it. But I hope that there is someone listening to this that was diagnosed a little bit later in life and maybe they can reach out to you and then you can find someone who can relate to that. But um, if there is someone that's listening that relates to you in that way. Um, where can they find you? So I am on Instagram at type wonder woman. Wonder is spelled W one in D E R uh, woman spelled out. And I'm there. My DMS are open. My comments are open. My stories, whatever anybody wants to reach out. Uh, I don't post a ton always, you know, I'm definitely super busy, but I I like to put things on there randomly when I'm just feeling overwhelmed or like I need that outlet. Um, You know, my last trip was definitely a big eye opener for me. So it was nice to post about that experience and just kind of look back and uh, relate back to myself about how I was feeling and the improvements that I've seen over the last two years in my management. Yeah, that's great. And I will obviously link um, your like social media and stuff like that in the show notes. And then I'll make a post about it as well and tag you. So thank you so awesome. much for doing this and sharing your story. Oh, thank you for having me. This is really great. I, I really hope that at least one person can hear my story and relate back to it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Thrive Abetic. 
And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcast and or follow me on Spotify. Thank you again for listening and I will be back next week.